The 360 on Energy and Carbon, hosted by 360 Energy. 360 Energy is a North American leader in energy and carbon reduction. Recently, we have launched the 360 Carbon Excellence Program, designed to make corporate climate change actions more effective and successful. For more information, check the link in our podcast description. Welcome back, Dave and John. We're not going to overrun each other this time. <laughs> For three it's months, really we learned back. something. We learned. Uh, well, something no, we haven't. <laughs> no, still talking over. <laughs> well, welcome back. It's great to be back with you guys. It looks, it seems like forever since we last done our session. So I'm pretty excited to kick this off for the for our upcoming season. Yes, after a long-deserved break, so many things have been happening at 360 Energy, and that's kind of how we wanted to segue ourselves back into the podcast industry. So we're going to be talking about some upcoming programs coming out at 360 Energy and some things that we're looking forward to in the podcast world as well. So to kick us off, what new developments are we working on? Well, Sandra, I'll start this off. I mean, the energy markets are in the last six to eight months have become extremely volatile and have increased almost doubled almost sometimes tripled in some places certainly john can speak about that in europe yeah. uh, which is also impacting so i can tell you the world for clients when energy costs were pretty low and they have been low and for five six years not a lot of interest from clients truthfully they were like kind of sleeping walking through this now you know the doubling or tripling of prices there is a lot of interest in energy markets now and everyone's trying to relearn what to do and how to do things because some of the people that were involved in markets when they were high have retired or moved on to new positions so you have a lot of newer people that have not seen this volatility or this expense and so that it's it's relearning how to work with those clients so they know how to manage it more effectively so it's it's certainly been a it's a change for clients scary because it's a budget item that they didn't budget for and quite frankly companies like ourselves we, we've got to ramp up and change how we've been interacting with clients and making sure that they are informed on an ongoing basis what's happening john do you want to comment on like europe yeah. you're here rising all the time yeah i mean we too have had the massive increases and it's created a really interesting position because in the UK, much of the focus has been on residential prices and talking of price caps and other controls. But one of the things that's come out from this is that they've, you know, people have suddenly realized that businesses are being hit by rising costs. And funnily enough, those that are having the toughest time are those that have just come out of maybe a year long fixed price contract and are suddenly seeing going from what was a, a good reasonable price that they went into a fixed price contract now they're seeing massive increases now we don't operate in the small business arena but i know for example that some of the utility companies here are they're asking for deposits from commercial customers because they're concerned that the level of pricing may be an issue with their bills being paid, which is, is pretty scary. And I think what I, I find makes me slightly angry, I'll, I'll say slightly angry, 
is that we've now got the people who weren't interested in energy are knocking on our door saying, come on, do something about this and we'd like it done now. And this really speaks to those that have engaged with energy management in the past are probably far better in a far better position to deal with what's going on. But it is it is a challenge, both a business level and at a, at a government level. I mean, businesses are trying to put pressure on government. We've added to that a change of prime minister in this in the UK, which is nearly the same as a change of government in many ways. So I think we're, we're on the Chinese curse, aren't we? May you live in interesting times. The other, I was going to say, just the other thing I'm going to throw into this, and I'm just being slightly irreverent here, suddenly everybody's become an expert on energy. They're not, but they think they are, and they're all talking about, oh, the problem we've got here is people are going, the utility companies are making a fortune out of this. Well, second-tier utility companies aren't. And in fact, some of those are making a loss. Yeah, the, the, typically it's a pass-through, It's and they're, they're buying it. So I, yeah. I that, that's your it's wholesale. Yeah. The wholesale end is where where money is being made. Then we've had talks here of windfall taxes and, and other parts of Europe. So you could say there's never, in, in, in all seriousness, there's never been a more interesting time to be involved in energy when we've got uh, almost a double whammy of energy costs going through through the roof and also the major concerns about climate change. So it couldn't be a better time really to be in the business we're in. I do want to pick up on what you said, John, but ultimately coming back to what I started off with, you're absolutely right. Most clients would like wait to the end before they would actually purchase for the year. Yeah. Uh, th this change of environment, and by the way, I don't think it's going to go back. I do not think it's going to be the low priced items going forward. So this will now require a strategic approach where the customers should be looking at a three-year strategy, not, not a one-year, not a they should be looking at layering in and looking at different things. So that that's a different, you're training them to think differently. And, and that takes time to educate them with that type of yeah. philosophy. Yeah, I think that's the big the big challenge we've got is that the there has been a rapid step change globally in energy pricing. We can't match that with a step change in people's education or mitigation of, of the price rise. I want to add that businesses are going through quite a lot this year. After the two yes. years of the pandemic, you know, getting used to being back at work 100% and workers being able to perform jobs that maybe they weren't during the pandemic, supply chain issues, the energy markets, and you know, you're going from something that might have been a bit of a slower pace back to a pace that's much quicker than we were in early 2020. So I can definitely see where the struggle is on their end. And again, that's where I advise, like always reach out to experts in categories that you're not sure about. If you don't know anything about energy, don't tackle the energy issue. Go to an expert that can help you get there. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, Lysandra. We've been talking to a number of people about the pressures that face businesses today. One of them that we don't we don't focus on as such as a business, but it is shortage of labor, both mm -hmm. skilled and semi-skilled. That's interesting when we've got things going on that you say, oh, well, you know, you need some human resources to deal with this. And then people are saying, yeah, but we haven't got 
we can't recruit people. And we thought at one point, we thought here in the UK, we were suffering our labour shortages were totally because of leaving Europe and the loss of migrant workers. But it becomes interesting with the work in North America that many North American organisations, corporations also are expressing the fact that, you know, finding the right labour for the job is an issue. So, yeah, it does make the world very interesting. And keeping the labour, like, it's it's a different time where before, you know, you got a job and you stayed in it for 30, 40 years. Now, like, job markets are more competitive. You know, if one place doesn't offer work from home and another place offers work from home, people will move. If one offers more money, better benefits, it's it's challenging in almost all areas of business nowadays. You know, as a business owner and looking to recruit people and good people, it it Mm -hmm. is a daunting challenge, like to be clear. But I do want to reference what you're saying, and it was what I was saying earlier. There is a lot of people perhaps in John and my age group that have retired and that had quite a bit of knowledge and experience in the energy markets. Then, Lysander, you say you're, you're, we bring in new people. Like, you can't you can't do an hour course and they actually understand everything that needs to be done in that energy. Like it, quite frankly, it takes a lot of time, years. And so what we're finding is now we've got this new group coming in and you have to start all over. They don't know, well, what the heck are you guys talking? This is so it's uh, it's time consuming and and if you don't do it right as you've said there's a good chance the client's probably gonna make some bad decisions so it's very very important to try to educate to increase the literacy of the organization so they do the right thing going forward yeah and i think there are a lot of retirements during this COVID period which created a lack of job overlap between new hires yeah. and old and the people with wealth of knowledge and you know that knowledge isn't documented anywhere so we're just losing history of you know like like almost an entire company is in some people's brains and they're the expert and you'll often like hear people reminiscing about you know retirees like oh i wish they were here they could solve this in a second i I do think like businesses need to get better at almost documenting their processes and how they operate so that they can save on that waste i also think you know, it's again, it's just a different industry. I don't know. As a as a new employee, I can see the struggle of companies as they train us and hope to get us at that caliber. But I always refer to, I don't know if either of you have seen Harry Potter, but there's the scenes where Dumbledore, who is one of the main characters, you can pull his memories and watch them. I wish we could do that with everybody. Well, so there's, I, there's... I, I, oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, there, there, there is, is a thought there. Yeah, I think the other thing that's happened, you're saying about the retirees, I, I know of people who, it's interesting, it's a post-COVID effect. Because they worked less during COVID, perhaps, they've suddenly realised that there may be more to life than work, and they've looked at the looked at the financials on it and thought, actually, you know, yeah, I will back off. I'm Perhaps I will retire at early or you know not continue but i think where what the other point that i thought you were saying oh yes you know companies should document all of this i know from past experience the problem is is companies actually don't know what knowledge they do have 
Mm. And it's it's it, I I can remember a long time ago in my career I worked with a company that how can I put it every now and then they decided that the one way to make the company more profitable was to take out a tranche of employees, <laughs> pretty brutal, and they did this with that there was it was a department called building and factory services doesn't sound much does it, but they provided all the support for something like twenty manufacturing sites around the UK and they took that department to a quarter of its size and they thought doesn't that look good six months later how can we put it the the situation was far worse because then they were having to go out contract people do other things they hadn't realized what that the knowledge and skills that were in that department and I I, think I think that is one thing we we talk in some of the work we're doing now about people doing a, a competence audit, you know, for perhaps on carbon or something like that. Perhaps, you know, this should be done on, on the broader aspects of energy management, a range of things. What expertise is it that you have in-house? It's different. You were saying you can get it from outside. That's really identifiable, isn't it? Because you've placed an order, you've got a contract, you know what you're getting in. But it's identifying what you've actually got within the company before you lose it. Right. I, I, I want to say you guys have lined up the great segue to our next topic because <laughs> we are introducing a program, a software hub called 360 Carbon Excellence. And effectively, what it will do is it will retain documents for the client on activities and actions done by a variety of people in the organization for the carbon transition. So we'll talk certainly more detail, but it actually does what you were saying, Lysandra, it will retain documents demonstrating what's been done, who's done it, so it could be used. If people leave, other people will be able to pick that stuff up. I think it's a great segue to talk about the 360 Carbon Excellence Program. Well, what's great, What's great is that happened naturally because to our listeners, I have been working at a utility for the last two months. So I'm very out of the loop on our new programs. So that's news to me, Dave, and I'm excited to hear about this program as well, along with our listeners. On that note, what are you most excited about this year? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll kick this off because John is a massive player in this. So I want to tell the audience that we have been working on this for over three years. Uh, And with John leading the way, and he's got a team of people that are helping out from software programmers to another gentleman who's actually helping in the program development, and and we have marketing people as well. But in summary, and I'll start this, but John can go in more detail. It's our opinion that a lot of clients will collect data, but what happens is they don't know what to do with the data, or they don't know how to continue to progress on an ongoing basis. And so we're finding most clients, when we're talking about carbon, climate change, they don't know what it means, and they don't know what to do. And so we developed this program to help them develop a map, a journey of what they can do that's unique to them, and it will drive them to actually take action. But when they take action, they will put this information into this portal. It will be reviewed and vetted to confirm actually if that action is appropriate. It's gamified, so there's a badge attached to this to demonstrate that they've done this action. This can be used and shared not only internally, Within their organization, they can share it with key stakeholders like their clients, perhaps even their investors, their financial institutions. But the trick is it, it, 
it's progressive. It's not something I do once and then I'm done. It's a continual. So we're really excited. And I know John has done quite a bit of work, certainly with his breadth of knowledge in carbon, but also in Europe. John, do you want to comment on and add more based on what I stated? Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth just touching on what on earth is 360 energy doing getting into carbon? Because there's a lot of new kids on the block coming into carbon. The reality is we've been in carbon since 95. We just haven't talked about it as such. And I think that is a big, big element of where we're coming from. Add to that, what we have done is we've taken learnings, should we say, from a number of different programs in different places. We've taken a, a whole range of experience of different organizations that we've worked with over the years. We've tried to understand what it is that makes it difficult for people to get to grips with carbon management, shall we call it. And I mean, I think we could even do a podcast on what carbon neutral is. Perhaps that's something we might get round to. But, that's a great idea. But, you know, we, we've, we've got all this terminology and things there. And what we've decided we wanted to do is we wanted to provide guidance for people that is not technically com complicated, but is based on good, should we say, technology or not technology, but, you know, science, but without making it heavy on the science and making it practical and business based. And we started out with that. And as Dave said, I feel that some ways for of the three years of the development, for two and a half of it, I've been in a darkened room, <laughs> working away with ideas and bouncing them off others. And now we're beginning to, to sort of expose the program to the daylight. And what's exciting me is I think we've got it right, you know, the, the feedback that we're getting is positive feedback. What we've got to be clear is, is that our new program doesn't just sit there and do it all for you. You've got to do something. And I think we, one of the discussions we had about this, it's a bit like signing up to a fitness app. You know, if you sign up to the fitness app and then just stay on the couch. <laughs> it's not going to work. It doesn't work. <laughs> you can't just wave your hand in the air to get your steps in. No, you gotta, you gotta get up and get you, you actually in. you've actually got to get off your backside. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in a way, some of that kind of thinking is, is what has driven us with the badges and the rewards. We've got to be careful here. Can we use brand names? It's not a Fitbit, but it's it's heading the way of, you know, a step counter and everything else like that. But if you thought of it, it's getting carbon healthy, perhaps. Oh, John, I don't I need more terms. <laughs> more carbon turn, carbon healthy now yeah i just thought of that one by the way that's good <laughs> you know, it's we've, we've got good. all the marketing people and everything else working hard and i've just gone oh let's let's say we're carbon healthy i'm perhaps not they're, they're, not on script with that but it's, it's probably going to change again how we bring this stuff up again with this yeah. stuff uh, listen the other thing that's exciting about this this isn't just a canadian it's not just a us we are this is global and why I tell you that is that we've done some pre-marketing and we're getting interest from the Netherlands, UK, Tunisia, California, and last not least, Canada. But what, what's interesting is that 
there's interest from around the world on this. So it's pretty exciting, truthfully. And then we we did a pre-launch to our existing clients. And there seems to be quite a bit of interest. You know, we have manufacturing clients, we have greenhouse clients, but interesting enough, not only are manufacturers interested, but greenhouses have become interested in, and that has surprised me, truthfully. I didn't think that would be something that they would gravitate initially, but they seem to be quite interested in that. So early, early days, but it, the signs look really good so far on this. And I think this kind of did line up perfectly with our previous topic on, you know, lack of documentation and keeping things and turnover. You know, this is a hub where all your information is tracked and stored and almost like an agenda, a notebook of your carbon history, it seems. Yes, that's exactly the intent. And as we talked about earlier, the changeover, and that can be constant. Now you have a consistent like piece of information that you can go back to, whether it's three years ago or that you can refer to. So I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Now going more into the 360 on energy and carbon end, after taking some time off the podcast, what have you learned from the past 55 recordings? Until you said we'd done 55, I hadn't realized we'd done 55. We've done 55. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think, what, well, I don't know about what I've learned from it. It strikes me how easy this it can be for us to talk about this subject and how easy it can be for others. And equally, how passionate and interested, particularly some of our guests have been. And I think that, to, to me, I think that's really good. I think what, what we'd learn from it, I've looked at a number of the topics we looked at, like hydrogen, energy storage, and things like that, and found myself looking at them with a slightly different lens, which I think that's valuable because when you're a seasoned professional, you've got to be able to still decide, you know, oh, I'm not going to look at things that way always. Is there another way of looking at it? And I think that has been particularly interesting. I think one of the biggest learning things was one comment from one of our speakers about climate change was you don't have a silver bullet, you need silver buckshot. And I found that one, you know, if I was encapsulating what I've learned, you know, that kind of thinking and approach is a really good lesson, I think. That was Phil DeLuna, wasn't it? It was. I, as John indicated, there was such diverse group that we had, mm-hmm. but I found there's so much more to learn in this space. And by talking to these different people, you get a better appreciation of what it is and what it really isn't. Because sometimes people have a mindset, it might be because of their perception or media coverage or whatever. But when you have a chance to listen to quite a diverse group and have a different opinion, it does kind of open your mind to things that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before. And Mm -hmm. I actually think that's what we need, especially in this energy and carbon side, like we need more people to be involved and they need to be more literate. So it's often, and I don't realize that even in this managing our company or talking to our clients, I'll reference or bring up content that we did in our podcast that I don't think I could have, obviously I couldn't have done if I had not done this podcast. So I think it's been brilliant very frankly, and helpful for me as an owner and actually, you know, being a client interfacing, helping them out too. So I, I'm, it's been really helpful and really enjoyable as well. I think during the time off, I didn't have the 360 on energy and carbon to listen to. So I was listening to 
quite a few other podcasts. And what I think I value the most about our podcast is 360 Energy is a very professional company, but if you listen to our podcast, it's very casual and it's very authentic. We're not really reading from scripts unless we're reading a definition out loud or referring to an article. So I genuinely find it's a really refreshing take. It's almost like a social podcast, educational, but also professional. So I find we're really unique in that sense. And when I was listening to some podcasts, I was missing that that aspect of it. I was like, oh, this feels like you know, they plan this quite a few times and not to knock that, it's just not what we're used to. So I learned that we're, we're very unique and uh, I think we should be really proud of the platform we've created. Yeah, I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right because we're, the audience is increasing in listening to our podcast. So I, yeah. think, I think we're I'm pleased with that. Well, to end off this episode, what are you looking forward to the most for this next season of podcast recordings? I'll start that off. I can't wait to continue to learn and speak to people that we would never have an opportunity to speak to and, and learn their position and how their position can be helpful to our clients, to society. I just like sucking in that new information and getting their perspective because I think it just, quite frankly, I think it makes us a better company. It makes me a better manager. So I'm excited about that for sure. John? Ditto, as they say. I think, you know, I really look forward... We work together, but we don't often spend time to talk without mm. it being specifically for, oh, what are we doing for XYZ Corporation right. or whatever. And to actually spend time, I mean, yeah, it's value. You could say it's the word you touched on it, the social aspect of it, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's important. I enjoy that and I'm looking forward to that, but I, I echo exactly what dave says i'm really looking forward to us having some interesting guests where we can we can see their passion and their view and see whether it can change our view and give us you know boost our passion as well i think it's got to be brilliant yeah yeah i echo both of you and i also think you know, from episode one to two to two to three, every episode we've learned and we've grown as 360 Energy. So what I'm excited about this next season is we may have guests on that were on our previous 55 recordings, but we're taking a completely different perspective and we have a yeah. different wealth of knowledge than we did, you know, even last week. So it's exciting to see our episodes grow and, and take a different angle and also the new guests that we've been talking about. I'm really excited to see who we bring on and their expertise as well. All right. Well, thank you. It was nice seeing you both again and have a great day. See you thank next you. time. It's great to be back. See you next week. That's all for today's episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on our website at 360energy.net and follow us on LinkedIn at 360 Energy Inc. Tune in to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or other listening platforms by searching the 360 on Energy and Carbon. You can watch the video recording and subscribe on YouTube at 360 Energy Inc. Email us your feedback at podcast at 360energy.net or comment on our LinkedIn posts. See you next week.